What is going on, everybody? Very excited for this one. This is the first time, I believe it's the first, no, second time that we've uh, we've had a woman come on, uh, come on to, uh, you know, kind of talk about some of these different topics. Uh, I know it's men of now, and a lot of times we may fall into an echo chamber, and we don't want to have an echo chamber. We want men and women to come together. So I want to introduce Irina here from Love and Fulfilled. How are you? Um, hi, thank you so much for having me here. I, I loved what you said about the togetherness, men and women together. That's, that's, that's exactly why I am here. And that's exactly why I'm excited to be here. So thanks for awesome introduction. Love it. Love it. And then we've got Joel as well. How are you doing, Joel? Good as always. How are you guys? Doing good. Doing good. I'm excited for this conversation. Um, I know Irina, I shared with you that I'm a dating coach myself. So I, I know some of the stuff that's going on, uh, some of the struggles that men are having. Uh, but before we even dive into some of this stuff, I, I want to hear from you. Like, how did you even end up doing this? Like, what is your what is the story of Irina? Uh, I have quite an extensive story. Actually, I just wrote a whole book that's going to be published in about a month. But a short summary of it is um, essentially I came out of my childhood with complete lack of uh, of relationship skills, skills to truly connect to another human being, uh, to say the least, to a man. And I had uh, quite a toxic mindset that was instilled into me by my mom, who unfortunately had undergone a lot of abuse from her father. So she has dragged all that stuff throughout her life, and she kind of just gave it to me uh, unintentionally. So it took me quite some years and two marriages uh, followed by divorces to truly realize that, wait a second, I'm the common denominator in all of this, so something's not working, I need to make changes. So some years ago, um, it's been like 10 years now, I decided to finally make changes in uh, starting with myself, like what is it about myself that I keep repeating the same pattern? So as I started digging into it and healing and understanding, I just truly got fascinated with it. And it also had brought up a realization that I would say 99.9% .9 of people simply are not prepared for adulthood in a sense of having a relationship and not just finding love, but when you do find that connection to sustain it in the long run, meaning relationship skills, communication skills, conflict resolution skills. So I had just become extremely passionate about like truly equipping people with this essential life skills to ensure they do find love and then they sustain it in the long run because we're social beings. We all want connectedness. We all want togetherness. Even women that say, oh, I'm independent. I don't need a man. That's BS. That's not true. <laughs> we all need a man. We absolutely all need a man. It just depends on how we approach that need and how we communicate that need. So yeah, I, it started as a hobby kind of became a passion and essentially became a coaching business. And I'm one of those lucky doing what I love doing um, as a business. And it's just, it's awesome. Well, appreciate that. I mean, <laughs> appreciate that perspective, Irina, because if you've watched any of the content that goes around right now in the media, there's no one taking accountability. So I just want to say I, I really respect that. That you saw I that comments, yeah. yeah. I, I unfortunately there's a lot of, of the opposing camps, women going against women, men and men going against women. And just like Alex, you said at the beginning, it's like, when are we gonna stop for a second and think, wait a second, we need each other, we can complement each other, we can enhance each other's lives. When are we gonna stop fighting, going at each other and serves? Like, how about we come from the place of togetherness? 
So, and uh, yeah, I think that's the key. This is the fundamental. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. Uh, like as you were uh, saying, Joel, like the media just pushes out. It They, they almost like are, are tearing us apart and we have to be at odds instead of coming together. Because when you do come together and, you know, relationships are difficult. They're, they're, it's not all rainbow, they're rainbows. So it's not like you, you just, you know, you get, you're going to find that perfect person and then everything's going to be great. No, there's going to be fights. There's going to be challenges along the way. And I think a lot of people, <clears throat> when you think about how we are raised with like Disney movies and fairy tales, and we think that we're fine, that, that perfect Prince Charming or whatever, that everything is just going to work out and it, and it doesn't. And so I want to I want to segue into uh, kind of dating apps because we're talking about today's dating world, and I've heard a lot of struggles that men are having when it comes to dating apps. And so, I want to ask you, Irina, like, why do you think dating apps are so difficult for men? Uh, there are there are a few underlying reasons why there's a lot of frustration around using dating apps. It's not dating apps per se. The dating apps, in a, in a sense, it's a technological tool. I happen to believe that it's an it's it's an extremely important tool to uh, optimize and to utilize to try to meet as many people as possible because uh, it is numbers game at the end of the day. You know, it, it's uh, it's important to put yourself in front of as many as opportunities as possible. However, I think the main reason why there is so much, so much frustration and confusion is majority of people uh, either lack patience, they don't exactly know what they want, or even if they do, they can't communicate that with integrity. And this is where I was mentioning, you know, this two opposing camps. There are, I coach men mostly. Once in a while, I coach women. If they come to me, I don't turn them uh, away. I only market to men. However, uh, there is this misconception by women when they come to me. It's like, well, men needs to do this and that. I'm like, no, that's not how it works. Women are not superior in any ways to men. Why is it that men have to live up to women's expectation? It's got to be teamwork. You got to come at it as a team. How do we make this unit dynamic work the best the most effective and efficient way possible so when it comes to dating apps it's i think it's just the lack of skill so when i coach i literally teach a structure how do you get from your from a match starting with the compelling profile all the way to making a date and there's a structure that you apply to make sure you don't burn out because it can get really frustrating when you mm -hmm. don't know what you are doing and then you just, oh, yeah, I'm just going to blame women. I'm going to blame platforms. At the end of the day, turn it around. you got to make changes within yourself first. I kind of think of it uh, this way. Like your dating app profile is your resume. And if your resume isn't set up appropriately, then nobody's going to want you. So are you going to get mad? Like as a man, are you going to get mad at the women that aren't liking you? Because if, if you are, it's the same thing as, I, oh, I'm mad at companies and corporations for not hiring me for a job. And that just logically doesn't make sense. It just means you weren't the fit for the job. It's a great analogy. Yeah. yeah. And so that's, that's one thing that I think is very important for guys to understand it, for everybody to understand, really, is that when you are putting yourself out there, 
it's very important that um, you're presenting yourself in the best way possible. I know that there's uh, certain dating coaches that say to get like a professional photo shoot done. Um, they'll help you out with some prompts and things like that. Um, these are all great things to be aware of. Uh, just having like three mirror selfies is not not a great dating profile and it's not oh, going to get yeah. you on the mattress. I had, I'm on a receiving side of the girls looking for boys. So when I when I swipe, there, there are some, I just majority of them, I just, I just want to cry. I'm like, oh my God. It's like seven different selfies from this from different angles of a close-up that I can see the hair in your nose is not acceptable for the dating profile. And, mm -hmm. you know, and it's just like it could be a great guy, but there is not much investment. So you're absolutely right. Investing a little bit of effort and money into getting nicer pictures or at least ask your female friend to take pictures. So you have a different perspective, not selfies, because like you said, Alex, this is this is your way in. And on top of that, guys, I don't know if you're aware, but the competition is fierce. For instance, if you take Tinder alone, there's 70, about 75 million active users. Out of the 75 active users, about three quarters of them are men. So when mm -hmm. we're swiping, when we're choosing, we've got plenty to choose from. When you guys are swiping, you got to make sure that you stand out of the crowd. Because if you don't, it's just not going to work. Regardless of what a beautiful person you are, what a great personality you are, and how much you have to offer. So yeah, you got to make sure that you present yourself and make an impression so women can connect through the emotions because that's the only way we connect to somebody or to the world in general, through our emotions. You got to trigger that. Well, a couple of questions on that because I hear a lot that, you know, like that's all well and great, right? But really at the end of the day, people are looking at the first picture and saying, is are they hot or not? And then going left or right. So how does how much does this come down to like actually like attraction, right? I know personally, like I'm not going to do well in a liberal college city where I'm at now because of my race, because, and that's not an excuse. That's just kind of like the facts for me. So I do better in other places for sure. And, and it's important that I go to those places, but like kind of at the end of the day, it's like, is he hot or he, or he is not right. Like, I think people say like, you know, craft this profile craft, you know, have a great bio. But when we look at the data, people like are swiping based on that first photo so well that's a good point to bring up joel but this is this is human nature it's got nothing to do with apps it regardless of where you connect to another human being the first thing we connect to is, is visually okay so this is why it is absolutely crucial to have decent pictures there you don't have to stand in front of your Ferrari in a tuxedo, not at all. It just has to be like, for instance, when I coach, it has to be a few pictures that tell a story about your life. This is how we women connect to you, not to the fact that you're trying to look all vain or rich or whatever it is. That doesn't really trigger much. Uh, what triggers is that there is experiences that we can see in you. So you can have a selfie of your, if you want, of your face. You can have a full body. You can have a picture of you hiking. You can have a picture of you uh, running a marathon if you're running. You can. There's got to be a life story in there. So when women are looking at your profile, there's like, oh, I can actually see myself in that life. Okay, this is how we connect to you. So while swiping the initial, yes, it's absolutely through visual connection, through visual chemistry. But um, once it's done, we look at the, we, at least on the female side, we read the profile. 
So description should be filled out as well. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. And actually, um, the way I describe it to my clients is your profile should tell a story. So that first photo is, you know, the glamour shot, you know, making sure that you're putting your yeah. best foot forward. You have to do that. And then from there, um, you can kind of build it out however however you would like to. Um, it should tell a story. It should be kind of like a like a roller coaster of all the different intriguing things about you. Um, and so, like as you were saying, like a hiking photo, um, any type of activity, um, definitely having some type of group photo of you with uh, with friends to show that you're not a, a you're not a complete psycho and you actually have friends. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> And so I think that's that's really, really great advice. Um, so one of the things that that I kind of wanted to I kind of wanted to ask and I wanted to dive into is uh, the very basic question. What are women actually looking for? <laughs> that's a million dollar questions. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Some may not know yet, but um so we have different biological wirings. Okay, you guys are wired a certain way, we are wired a certain way. We're very different, and yet when we come together, we can make something absolutely beautiful together. Okay, if we are aware of our differences and how we can complement each other. So when it comes for women looking for a relationship, a partner, a companionship, whatever it is she is looking for, essentially she is looking for connection. She is looking somebody for somebody to be by her side. The number one priority for us to find is trustworthiness something i mentioned just a bit earlier what is trustworthiness trustworthiness is something that i go okay can i count on him uh is he gonna do what he's saying he's going to do is he gonna be a good provider is he gonna be a good father for my children okay all of that stuff it goes subconsciously for us uh, we're we're wired biologically to be looking for a man that is giving us that sense of trustworthiness, okay? What, how to achieve that for a man from a man's point of view is you need to develop confidence. And I'm saying develop for a reason. Confidence, you're not, you're not necessarily naturally born confident. This is a big misconception because I've coached guys that are like, well, I just, I'm just not confident. So, okay, I can't find it. So I'm like, no. Confident, it's a skill. It's a skill that you learn through actually becoming competent first. What that means, you acquire skills that gives you confidence, which consequently translates in you acting more confidently around women, which consequently makes them perceive you confident and them being attracted to you. So confidence for us it's not the three sixes. This is totally not true. The six figure income, the six feet and the six pack. I mean, if all that comes with confidence and trustworthiness, then great. But it, it's not what we are actually attracted to. Confidence is truly our number one aphrodisiac. This is why there's this notion that women like bad boys. No, it's because bad boys, quote unquote, uh, exude some kind of more, a little bit more confidence, right? And that's what mm -hmm. we're drawn to biologically, sexually, physiologically, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, but yes, trustworthiness, trustworthiness is something that we are looking for. Uh, that's what we are wired to look for. Mm -hmm. I really like that, how you're saying trust too, because when you look at 
the, the word confidence, if you break it down to its like Latin origin, it's confidere. Confidere in Latin means to trust. So I learned that like probably six years ago and it really helped because if I was going to go around saying, I'm just going to be confident, right? I would have done all the ego things, right? Try to get the nice car, right. try to get the, you know, the eight pack, six is enough anymore. We need the eight pack. Yep. But when you look at trust, that's more, that's more human. That's more, there's a more spiritual component to that. So I really like that idea of trust and. Yeah, it's, it's something that um, uh, just with the confidence piece that I've tried to teach people and tried to instill in people. Um, Cause I think the, the three sixes is nonsense. Absolute nonsense. I mean, it's nice to have, but it's not necessary to have. And so uh, with me, uh, what we call at least in this dating space, like the men's dating space is game. That's essentially what you're talking about with confidence. And so as long, I, I always say like game trumps all, because if you have the confidence and the charisma, then you, you're going to beat out like the six foot tall, six pack abs, rich guy who has no idea how to talk to or connect to somebody else. And so I, I think that's huge. That, that's huge. And this is like, you have to emphasize the fact that's like, because when you say when you have it, it's something that you can absolutely acquire. There's plenty of extremely good looking guys that I would start talking to. And there's just nothing like it's only the objective um, visual beauty, but there is just no depth. There is no confidence. So just like you said, Alex, it's really the three sixes is total myth. I'm sure there are women that are maybe looking for that specifically and it's their choice. It's, it's fine. Women who are truly looking for connection and relationship and partnership. However, that is definitely not, uh, not the priority at all. Yeah, hundred percent. So I want to bring up this question here or this statement that will lead to a question. Um, so, uh, what is that there? Caillou sends balloons. Okay. So I match with plenty of women on Tinder, but I guess I have zero game because I'll text them and they usually never reply. I have mixed feelings about online dating websites, not going to lie. So from that question, um, my question to you is if you match with somebody, how do you start the conversation like, how do you start it with a good spark that it can actually lead to maybe uh, an eventual date? That's a that's actually my favorite part when I coach online dating. So anybody who's listening, grab a pen and a paper. <laughs> I'm going to give you the magical formula that will make this uh, work. Um, remember, I mentioned earlier that we women, we connect to man or to the world uh, through our emotions like you have to remember that you have to trigger our emotions for us to raise some kind of interest in your profile we don't know who you are you might be the greatest guy out there but if you don't know how to open properly to trigger the emotions then there is really no chance so i teach to send out compelling openers what is a compelling opener you see the profile that you like, you go back to the profile, you'd read the description and you pay attention to what is said in the description. You look through all the pictures and you find in the profile something to either comment on or ask about. I will give you a couple examples, specific examples, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. But your goal is to connect to a woman through her emotions, okay? Let's say there's a picture of her somewhere in the mountains and she just looks like she's had a great hike, she's had a great time, okay? She's, 
she's just uh, radiant. You never ever open with you're beautiful. Let's talk. That's boring because we get about a million of those. Okay? But what about this? Hey, what's up? <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> no highs, no haze, no how are yous. That's just, there's nothing wrong with saying that. If you're talking to somebody face to face, the competition is so high for the guys that you got to do your absolute best to stand out of the crowd. How do you stand out of the crowd? You look at the picture of this girl who is standing in, in the mountains somewhere and she just looks like she had the time of her life and you write her and you say, hey, uh, Susan, um, you look so radiant and so happy in the picture in the mountains. Where was it taken? Number one point is you commenting on her emotions. You paid attention to her experience, not how she looked like, uh, you know, what she was born with, but her emotion, her experience. And number two, you actually asking a question that most likely will prompt her because she's going to emotionally connect to that experience she had. And most likely she will want to answer that question. Oh, it was taken there and there. And I had a great time. This is how you trigger the emotion, not by haze, by highs, by how are yous, or you're beautiful, you're whatever, you're hot, let's talk. Yeah, this is all boring. It's it's very mundane, it's extremely bland, and it doesn't make you stand out of the crowd at all. So the opener always has to be something that you comment on or you ask about, or better to do both of these points, and something relatable is absolutely awesome. If there is a picture, like I see a lot of guys have pictures with the dogs, and I always wonder, I'm like, okay, is this a prop, or is, this, or is it their dog, right? Girls have also pictures with dogs, let's say. So she has a photo with a dog, and you happen to have a dog yourself, or you happen to love animals and dogs. This is a perfect opportunity to relate and connect, and you go, hey, Annie, you look so happy in that picture with the dog. Is this a your is this your dog? I have a dog myself as well. Just right there, you connected to her emotions, to her experience, and you related mm -hmm. to her. You gave her a piece of your life as well. Do you see the difference what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, it's great. I actually I wrote a book, the first text that focuses exactly on this awesome. and how how you spike the emotions and how that's so important. And just to kind of streamline it for guys, because a lot of times they'll get stuck and they'll be sitting there and they'll be thinking for like 10, 15 minutes um, before they finally send the text. And then they get exhausted and burn out because they're spending 10, 15 minutes for every single match. And just simple stuff like that. Like one of the first ones that popped into my head is like one of the girls um, that I use as an example here. She had a photo of her at a casino and just like, how much did you win that night? And that's so much different than just, hey, or what's up, or something like that. Yeah, um, so absolutely. it's very important to pay attention to those types of things and those experiences and then commenting on them because you almost force a response because people love to talk about themselves. And when somebody, when you're exactly. noticing something that they may be very passionate about, or as you said, like with the experience, it was a really cool experience for them. Pulling that emotion is going to start the conversation. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what the compelling opener is all about. Yes, you do have to put a little effort in, into it and you probably will have if you have never done it. And if you're used to haze and highs, then yeah, you're going to have to, there's going to be a learning curve. But once you do a few, you will get a hand of it and then you will be catching that on real quick. So if there is a girl running a marathon. 
you ask her, hey, how did it feel crossing the finish line? I train for marathon as well, if you happen to do that. So, uh, and um, it's that simple. It's actually not that complicated. So that sounds, yeah, super simple. And so I do want to come up with the perspective I think a lot of guys have is that they, the fear is of being boring, right? Like if I just ask her about her, just comment about what something she's doing, like that's boring. There's no spark. There's no electricity. It's just like, oh yeah, dog. Cool. Right. Obviously you say it different than I just said it, but <laughs> dog. Cool. Nice. You, dog. Cool. You, yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Yeah. So how do you, how do you reach that then? Because I think, again, the worry is that it's going to come off like, um, too nice guyish, too, too like big brother or something like that. You mean if you send her this compelling opener and she responds back with just a very short one liner? Is that yeah, that's right? a good, that's a good, that's a good one to drop into. I, I hear what you're, you're saying, Joel, but I want to touch, I want to touch on what she just said right there. Yeah. How, how do you navigate that? when you go ahead and you formulate such a compelling opener, you're hitting the emotions um, and you may get back a short response or you continually are getting no response at all. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you calibrate that? How do you understand how to say things to get a response? There is not much to understand there, guys. You gotta realize that the dating, the online dating, it's a filtering system. You cannot possibly expect every single match to work. It's impossible and it's not the goal your goal is essential to filter through all that and connections as efficiently as possible to get to the one who will respond to you with a similar size message and with a similar emotion okay that's your goal so you don't get stuck on the fact that it's like oh okay cool if that happens i'm like okay she's she might be talkative i would not like cancel it out completely right away i always tend to uh think that there needs to be a little bit benefit of a doubt you never know she might not be talkative but that doesn't mean if just because she answered was a little short uh one-liner you continue with being a little bit more compelling right just kind of give her take the lead give her the model and maybe she will catch on right but if it doesn't flow it doesn't flow that's it you filter it out and you move on you move on onto the next one you do not try to force anything it's a filtering process. I really like that mindset. You know, it's like, it's a good reminder that you're going to miss way more than you hit. <laughs> and we have a friend that's really, he's, I would say he's an expert dater. And he gets like one of the 20 uh, online dating. And he has great success. So it's just, a, it's just a good reminder. I think, I know this is something I've struggled with is wanting everyone to be right. Like they match with me, right? They must like me. It's like, no, maybe they're just Sit on the toilet and just like, all right, good, yes, no, right. And once we get into the weeds of it, then you it's like, okay. drop your assumptions. You, yeah. You're right. Yep. Like, yep. There are a lot of assumptions. There is also, you have to be, I have one of my blog posts on my website is about this specifically, but you got to be careful about projecting your hopes, your desires onto that virtual person that you have no idea who they are, right? And yet you you saw the picture and you, you're desperate to connect to that person and then you imagine this person to be something that she might not be right so you try to stick to the facts so if it's short message coming back to your nice compelling opener it could be sign that she might not be your person okay but i do want to say this to all the guys is you have to remember that this is a filtering system but it will take only one connection with the right person 
to make all of this attempts worthwhile. So giving up and getting stuck and getting obsessive over one, somebody who did not respond a certain way or did not respond at all is definitely not worth the time. There's about 8 billion people in the world responding to your girls today. Keep moving on, keep filtering through. God, that could be a podcast right there. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's, uh, that's great. That's, uh, that's definitely a hard one for me uh, too, like that I went through when I was experiencing it uh, because you get that, match that you're like oh my god she's so gorgeous like yada 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 and it just doesn't go anywhere and you get so defeated and so frustrated and it's like look we can't control other people we can only control ourselves so just understand that as you said there's eight billion people in the world so just you know keep chugging along until you find because once once you do oh it's it's so worth it it is amazing when you have a brilliant relationship Oh, that's awesome. You do have to go in with the abundance mindset because mindset makes a huge difference if, if it doesn't make up to to pretty much up to everything. Because if you go in thinking, oh, women is this and that, women are just, you know, they, they whatever, they're not going to like me or there's not enough women, you will essentially track that to yourself. This mm -hmm. is exactly what you're going to manifest. So if you go in with the right mindset and thinking, okay, uh, every rejection is essentially a redirection towards the connection that will work better for me. You don't look at it as approval. You don't need approval from any women. Your identity, your self-worth does not depend on women's approval at all. So should mm. not be. I mean, but this is, of course, this is a deeper work. This is a mindset work. This is actually part of work that I do in my coach. And before I even give you the dating skills, you actually have to go through the mindset reprogramming if it needs to be done. Uh, but this is essential. You go in with the abundance mindset and it makes it easier. Rejection is part of life, but rejection only brings you closer to the connection that will work for you. And, and question off that before we move on to, to the next topics here. Um, why do why do guys get so attached to that one person? What do you think it is like psychologically, biologically? Because we... Seen? Well, it's not even just guys, actually. Um, it's people in general. Girls do the same thing. Mm. Uh, it's the lack of res emotional resilience. It's the lack of possibly emotional intelligence. And we are attaching our self-worth. We're essentially given uh, this somebody else, you know, our self-worth. Please approve us so we can feel good about ourselves, right? But this is much deeper work, as I mentioned. This is something that everybody should probably work on sooner or later. But you need to make sure that you, you understand that you should not rely on anybody approving you or disapproving you. Because when you go in dating world, there's not two outcomes, rejection or approval, because this is most guys how they look at. It. And if there is a rejection, yeah, it's uncomfortable. It sucks, right? No, it's the, the goal is to get to the connection with potential to explore. That's all you need to do. You need to see if there's potential to explore because it is a slow burning process getting to know somebody and getting from that match or even if you met somebody in person all the way to the fact when you can go, okay, let's be exclusive in the relationship, right? It's a slow burning process. But for that, you need to do some self-work, some self-improvement. You gotta become the best version of yourself possible if you truly want to have the life with a partner where it's just fulfilling and rewarding for both of you. Yeah. And I 
the Alex and I have been talking a lot about this behind the scenes. Like we see that as codependency, right? Thinking that you're going to find fulfillment for someone outside yourself. So again, that is a whole nother topic. Um, we're definitely going to dive into it more on this channel and on sobriety university as well. So you can definitely come over Alex and I will be doing um, some more work around that. Cause again, we, we agree with you, arena. It's so important to do that inner work. And it's a big part that gets left out on the dating space is it's like, you master the three sixes and then you get your bank account up, boom, you're good to go. But you see a lot of these guys, they don't have lasting relationships because they just have done the surface level stuff. And so again, the deeper level work, a whole nother conversation. We'll be talking more about that. You can come over to Sobriety University to learn more about codependency. And, and obviously Alex will be, be coming on there a little bit more too, but um, move on from, from that. We can talk no, about no that's, that's great. Yeah. yeah. It needs like a separate, um, separate podcast for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm very excited to uh, share some of my experiences with that uh, codependency and, and CODA, like Codependence Anonymous. Uh, lots of, lots of interesting stuff that we're going to be pushing out uh, in the future. But my next question then is, all right, so I've fixed my profile. Looks great. I'm really doing well with these compelling openers. Now, how do I actually get the girl on a date? And I have a strategy um, that, or a method that I kind of teach guys that I'll share afterwards. But I want to ask you first, Irina, like how do you help guys go from that? All right, she's actually she responded. We're in the conversation. How do I actually get the date now? Oh, absolutely. Uh, happy to share. I'm curious if uh, your method and my method uh, match up. I hope they do. But um, so the, the text and conversation seems to be flowing. Let's say hypothetically you, re you reached out and she responded and there seems to be flow. I always call it, imagine like you're playing ping pong. Like it's gotta be, you gotta make sure that there is a relatively equal amount of investment because if you write her this long messages and she responds with this short messages, beware that connection is not really happening there it has to be two-way street but let's imagine it is a two-way street and the conversation is actually flowing there is playfulness 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 there is seriousness there is different emotions touched on so let's say you do that for a few hours here's my strategy that i give you don't tag you if you match up on saturday morning and you text throughout the day and it's going well by the time saturday comes to evening you go listen it looks like the mess, the text messaging going really well. I'm really enjoying texting with you, but I want to hear your voice. Let's have a phone chat. Are you available tomorrow? And you highly, you very strongly suggest that phone call has to happen because guess what? You do not go on a date without talking to her on the phone. The phone call will show you uh, if there is truly potential to explore texting is again those projected hopes desires fears uh communication style this is all good to know as a fundamental that's not enough nowhere near enough to know what this person is about and very often even in my personal experience i've texted with somebody i'm like wow this person is articulate this is really nice because i'm for instance i'm a big fan of truly excellent communication skills i'm like hey let's chat on the phone we'll get on the phone and it sounds like a completely different person. And I was like, whoa, okay. So texting is one thing. Talking on the phone is another. It did not flow. So if you get on the phone and the conversation kind of 
flows naturally and there are different it's there is a certain emotional rhythm to it like you you laugh and you can ask serious questions and if you have that sense that you want to see this person again you want to see this person you want to get to know this person more this is where you set up the date mm. on the phone call and i always suggest to guys please please take the lead and you don't ask her hey would you like to go on a date you tell her hey i'm really enjoying this why don't we go out next Sunday, go grab some ice cream or coffee together and see what is this connection all about? Okay, take the lead, take the charge. We are attracted, going back to that confidence, being an aphrodisiac, we are attracted to the guys that take the lead. I have guys uh, tell me that they actually allow women to choose or take the lead. I'm like, guess what? As soon as the guy, as soon as we feel we need to take the lead, that's it. You're pretty much going to be going into the friend zone if you are mm -hmm. connected. So that doesn't make us feel like we can count on you. So tell her that you would like to meet up. And I suggest don't even call it first date. It's a non-date. It's a get-together. It's just a get-together to see if you have that click. Okay, so and you have to schedule it. You have to make it happen preferably within like seven days within a week so you don't waste your time and then when you if she says sure let's get together uh and if the date um and time is established for that don't do too much texting that week don't go too deep into it because you don't know yet who you are meeting there are so many times you go on a date you have this image and then you get there and it's like oh and it falls flat you're not connected physically the chemistry is not there energy is not there can happen and uh it's disappointing so don't invest too much on that week but tell her that you're absolutely looking forward to meeting her face to face to see if there is a true connection to explore i That's like that the match to to the first get together that's non-date yeah no that's that's absolutely fantastic it's very very similar to what i teach so maybe my method is a little bit more aggressive, um, but what I call it is the five for five. So five for five, um, no more than five messages from you and no more than five messages from her before you guys get on a video call. So very similar to the phone call. Um, and, you know, especially if you're being playful and then when you go to like initiate it, like there's a couple different ways you can do it, whether just like straight direct or you know, I like to be playful. I'm a silly guy. So I like to be like, um, uh, how about we, how about we hop on a FaceTime so I can make sure you're not, you're not a psycho or something like that with like a little cheesy face with it. Like things like that, just keeping things playful. Um, especially if the interest level is high, then when you're having that conversation that, you know, 15, 30 minute video chat, um, you get to, you know, see if she actually looks like her photos. Like I know a lot of people, um, tend to put like older photos and things like that. Um, you also get to see if you, your chemistry actually exists and you get to see the other person talking with them. Um, and then, you know, if things are going well, then you you wrap it up with that. Let's actually go on a date. Like I, I'm ready for our second date. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, to a second date. <laughs> yeah. So when are we having our second date? <laughs> and you kind of treat that as your your first date, your first meeting. And I really think that that face-to-face, -face, like as we're doing right now, is very powerful. 
And so with, with that five for five, you're also like, cause I know a lot of guys, what they'll do is they may buy some of the premium services. And so with those premium services, you can have unlimited swipes, which technically means you could have unlimited matches. And so it's better to, you know, strike while the iron's hot and cycle through things instead of getting caught up on, you know, a couple different matches and things like that. And then it doesn't work out later on. So that's really my method, which is, you know, it's very similar to how you teach people to do it. And I, I think it's great. And it's worked. It worked great for me. I mean, heck, that's how uh, that's how I have my girlfriend. And um, that's how a lot of guys have really seen a lot of success because you're you're cutting through the BS. Because let's be honest, in this filtering system, <laughs> there is a lot of that's BS. Exactly what you're doing. Exactly. And it's just it's very important. I do want to note here is that you got to value your time and you got to make sure that you value yourself as a person. Okay. When you get stuck in texting for days, weeks, sometimes months, I had a phone call with somebody who got texted for six months. Now I even had a phone call and it's just, it's, yeah. it's really sad because there was so much desperation for like connection, but that's not connection. That's really not connection when you're texting with somebody. So making it efficient, knowing that, and you, I always suggest like even use this phrase, like, listen, I value my time and I want to make sure I value your time to make this efficient. Let's find out if we're actually have any connection, phone call, and then consequently you set up the first uh, get together, but yes, filter through. This I did that in the 11th grade. I had a girl that we talked for like, I don't know, five months over text. And then we finally met. And it was the most awkward thing that I've ever experienced. And we never talked again. So it's like, yeah, that, that's such a good tip to, to get on a, a FaceTime call and, and just suss out the person. Because for me, I like, I like day game the best because you get to have that connection immediately. And I've never thought like, oh, well, you can have that by just having setting up a call. So huge. Huge. Yes. And it's there are some people who will not agree to that, but that should be this is another aspect to filter through. If the girl says, Oh, I'm not comfortable getting on video call, I mean for us girls, it could be that we don't feel good about ourselves today and we don't feel like pretty enough or whatever reasons like, hey, let's have a call tomorrow. You gotta give her just a little bit of time to, you know, doll up if she wants to do that, that's fine. Uh, but if the person says no, I don't wanna have a video call, that should be a red flag. Because if the person is not willing to invest into the simple video phone call before meeting in person, that person does not value your time, uh, their time, and uh, probably should not be paid attention to. Yeah, that's that's so good. Yeah, again, it's just sussing out the people that are not you're not compatible with, and if they're not willing to do that, that's a I agree. That's a huge, huge flag. Um, what have you seen as maybe one of the other biggest thing troubles that guys have when they're working with online dating was the online dating i think we had pretty much touched on the majority um of points here there it's really not that complicated um i think <laughs> so one of the um some people do need improvement in communication skills period online dating or not uh and so when i coach people, I actually have them for a couple of weeks when they start using online apps, they share their screenshots with me or I look at how they communicate. And very often there is a need for um, improvement in communication skills, meaning that if she asks you a question, 
you answer and then you follow up with the question again returning to that ping pong analogy ping pong games right mm -hmm. so there has to be a flow in this communication and you always the guys especially you have to keep in mind that different emotions have to be triggered throughout the conversation in order for a woman to truly feel some kind of potential of connection uh in there so yeah communication is the key to everything essentially as uh you know texting communication phone call or in person um can be improved and thankful there's abundance of uh material online you youtube it and you'll get a bazillion of videos on how to improve your communication skills so it's on you're lazy if you don't go in and actually make sure that you can communicate properly and uh if we if we do get to the point of talking about how to make uh, dates uh, first date special i can tell you that but also this can apply for the texting period uh before you get to a date uh Come up with questions that are unexpected and interesting, not just boring job interview type of questions. Oh yeah, oh, I, that's I love so that. huge, <laughs> so huge. I want to I want to speak on that because that's one that I've I've used before. It's like, you know, those types of questions that really make you think and make you feel. And so, talking to somebody, it's like, so if money didn't matter, nothing in the world mattered, you can do whatever you always wanted to do in life. What would that be? Because most of the times we just have these jobs where, you know, we'd like it, um, but we don't love it. And it's not like what our dream would be. So money aside, what would you really love to be able to do? Questions like that, I think are, are absolutely fantastic. It gets the mind going. Or like if you could drop everything tomorrow and nothing matters for the next week, where in the world would you want to go? Hell yeah. Yeah. One, one of my favorites, yeah, for, for the food, like instead of asking, yo, what do you like to eat? What's your favorite food? You say, okay, let's say you and I were married, right? And you come home and I'm with another woman. You get pissed and you kill us both. You go to jail and you're on death row. What would your last meal be? <laughs> Joel, I don't know how I feel about that one. <laughs> I'm not sure that would work. That would, that would, that would be like, okay. I think uh, I'm not sure if he's kidding or he's actually serious about that. Okay. It's worked for me. <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah, build some trust first before throwing that question. But the point is to be creative, right? Find a way to ask, ask a simple question that can paint a story, right? Guys, take that question and do what you want with it. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll have to, you know, restructure I mean, that one. You, but. Can, you, you, you can downgrade it to so like, hey, if you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what it would be. So you could you could you could change it, change it slightly, and you can go ahead and say, "All right, so let's say we're married." Because one, what that's doing, it's implanting the idea in our mind of this, you know, successful relationship. So let's say we're married, and it's our five-year wedding anniversary, and you're coming home from work, and I had been planning to make dinner for you as a surprise. What would you ideally want that meal to be? There you go. I like that. I one. like that better, Joel. <laughs> we got some work to do, guys. We'll get we'll get it done. Oh, scary a little bit. So, but yeah, essentially, I do want to say this, guys. Though, uh, I just want to kind of um, put a little bit more of a label on why this is so important, like an explanation. It's 
there are a couple points you're touching on here. When you ask somebody, and this works for in-person or online essentially, but when you ask somebody spontaneous, unexpected question that they most likely have never been asked before, that person will show more of authenticity to you because it's not going to be pre-programmed or oh, I work in the office nine to five questions she had answered about a bazillion times to somebody else, okay? It will put her in a position to like truly dig through and it's like, oh, wow, okay. Again, you're touching on emotions, you're digging a little bit deeper, you're looking for substance, and she will give you much more values versus dry facts. These are the type of questions, open-ended questions, interesting, unexpected questions that will um, have her answer with a lot more values. You will learn a lot more about this person, how she will describe that. So instead of asking, for instance, hey, what do you do for work? Ask her, hey, was this something that you have always wanted to do in your career? Is it fulfilling to you? Do you think this is where you're going to settle in or are you going to pursue something else? Ask her questions that will make her to like really think about stuff because she will give her authentic self to you through those responses. That's a great point. I'm glad that you clarified that more because that's one of the issues that I have is like, I figured all this stuff out. And so sometimes I don't like, I don't want to say dumb it down, but I don't bring it down to every level and explain everything because it makes sense to me already. But that that is 100% great to really pull out the authentic self on a date. And so speaking of that date, I really do want to love or I, I really do love the question and I would love to dive into it. How do you make that first date memorable? So you've gone through all the all the things you've gotten the match, you've been texting, then you do your your FaceTime or your phone call. Everything's all set. How do you make that first date memorable? All right. So before we make this date memorable, uh, let's chat just for a second about the fact that this non-date should be super casual, preferably not on Friday night or Saturday night. And I'll tell you why, because when you meet in somebody for the first time, you would like them to perceive you as somebody who has relatively set up social life and that you are not uh, just watching Netflix, eating pizza on Friday night and Saturday night, okay? So schedule it for during the day. It puts a lot less pressure. Find a place that's super casual, okay? And choose a location where you don't have to be sitting across the table. Find a place where you can actually have a chance to be side by side, and I will explain why. Um, so casual, during the day, preferably, maybe Sunday, Saturday brunch, something like that, grab a coffee, grab an ice cream, grab, uh, if the weather's nice, let's go get a grab, grab ice cream, a cup of coffee, cup of whatever, something cheap, and then we go out for a walk. This is your opportunity to truly connect and see the person in a wholesome way, okay? Uh, and keep it inexpensive because it can get a little awkward with the bill. We can touch on that as well if you guys want, and I'm happy to share my insights um, on that. So let's say you picked a place, it's casual, uh, you can sit side by side, uh, you're not really blocked with the big table, don't ever go to dinner on the first date, that's a big mistake. Um, and uh, you came and she seems nice and you're ready to explore this connection. So before I get into it, I'm going to share with you that I had a client a couple months ago. He stopped coaching with me. Uh, he did the whole program. When he came to me, he said, Irina, 
I've had 22 first dates and not even one second. I was like, okay, something's not working. I'm like, that's a lot of first dates. He was very proactive. He's really nice guy, very eager to like really learn how it needs to be done. So once we got to it, what uh, happened was what I'm about to share. The lack of ability to make this first meeting emotionally triggering and memorable. So the girl walks away thinking, oh, that was nice. And not like, oh, that was just like everything else or everybody else. How do you make yourself stand out of the crowd? You do that by creating an emotional rhythm in a date. So first of all, before, before emotional rhythm, you need to make sure that you are well put together because we women notice things that you guys have no idea. So when you're going on a date, put an effort into looking nice, nice, clean, nicely fitted clothes, nice dressy shoes, not running shoes, not jeans, fine dressy pants, um, roll up your sleeves, show off your forearms because it turns on big time. <laughs> now you're showing. No, I'm just saying I've, I've been doing that for, <clears throat> I've been doing that for years. I can't remember the last time I've actually legitimately worn a long sleeve shirt without it being rolled up. Well, if you wear a nice dress, dress shirt, you know, roll it up anyways to show off your forearms, but nice shoes, make sure you smell good. Take care of your nails. We notice that. Take care of your skin. Uh, see, you guys are perfect. So, and too bad you're out of my age range. <laughs> uh, and make sure you're just really well put together because it takes about seven seconds to make a first impression. If you make a bit bad, make first impression that's bad and it's really hard to change it, really hard. Okay. So, let's say first impression is there and now this is where the emotional rhythm, creating emotional rhythm comes in. You have to make sure that you are asking the questions that are unexpected, that are spontaneous, and that touch on different emotional topics, trigger different emotions. Don't do the job interview. What do you do? How long you've been in this area? What's your five-year plan? What's your 10-year plan? No, it's not a job interview. You need to connect to the emotion. So you ask her, just like we gave an example, examples with Alex, you, you prepare those questions. I always have the guys have at least five, minimum five questions that the girl most likely has never heard in her life before. Because this is what will make her go home thinking, whoa, he just asked me that. Like nobody has actually asked me that. There's going to be thoughts in her mind that will make her connect to you. Like I was just, I just myself went to the event on Friday and this guy was talking to me and it was just, I'm sorry to say, but it was boring. So I look at him and go, it's like, listen, if you had a choice between having a fast forward button in your life or a rewind button in your life to change something, which one would you choose? And he just, he just froze. He's like, oh, he's never heard the question before. But after that, the conversation changed. He actually got very elaborate about that. And I've learned a lot, a lot more about him by answering one question that was very unexpected. This is what you want. You want the playfulness, you want the seriousness, you want the sadness, and you absolutely have to employ your excellent listening skills. And if you do not have listening skills, you better learn how to listen to women because Aside of looking for trustworthiness, what we're looking for is space, a safe space 
for our emotions to be expressed, accepted, without men trying to fix us or cancel our emotions out. It's absolutely crucial. So if she's sharing something with you that is somewhat sad, if she had overcome some challenge, please make sure that you reflect back to her that, wow, that must have been hard. And it sounded like you, you truly had to put effort into it. Make her feel good about what she had done. This is where compliments and physical looks fall flat because we know how we look like. We get plenty of compliments, okay? Uh, it's the compliment on accomplishment, something that you were not born with that really is gets stuck in our heads in the most positive way. So touching different emotional topics, ask unexpected spontaneous questions, prepare them, make sure you have them handy, okay? And uh, remember I said sitting side by side, in addition to emotional risk, you need to actually combine it with physical touch. And this is something that, this is one of the mistakes that guys do because I've had guys tell me, oh no, I purposefully give her space and don't touch her just so she knows that I respect her. I'm like, no, no, that's a mistake. If you combine this emotional emotional conversation with physical touch that is appropriate, and I'm going to show you in a second what it is, it creates in her brain, it creates a true connection to you. So when you're sitting side by side, you actually get a chance to be, to have access to her body and touch her in the conversation. The safe space to touch is from the hand all the way to the shoulder. This is the safe space. Obviously you don't grope her, go all over the place because then she's gonna call the cops and that's it, it's not gonna end well. But if she's, if she was sitting on the bench, let's say you're talking somewhere in a park, right? Or you have your side by side. Every time, if she said, you put your hand on top of her hand and you say, wow, that must have been hard, okay? And you focus on making your touches frequent, but short, not too long because that may make her feel uncomfortable. Short and frequent physical touch in combination with the emotional conversation and questions is something that truly makes us feel like, wow, there is a potential. I can start letting my guard down and I can start truly connecting to him. This is what makes the first get together truly memorable for a girl. This is what makes you stand out of the crowd among other guys i like that when it comes to the physical touch so like for example she says something and then you put your your hand on her like don't slap but put your hand on on her hand and it's like no way you're lying to me and it's yeah. it escalates the already you know the already emotional state that you guys are going through and it, it makes things interesting and you know once once somebody is comfortable with physical touch um, that really, it, it allows, you know, both men and women to allow them uh, into each other. So I like that. Absolutely. And the other thing is that I, I just did a dating workshop a couple, couple of weeks ago. And one of the guys, he asked a question he, and he said, it's like, it seems like I'm doing everything right, but I always land in a friend zone. The guys, the girls just want to be friends with me. So when we got a little bit into it, well, it turns out that conversation was good. Physical touch was completely absent. And he made a mistake thinking that he's actually giving them space. So if you don't touch us, we don't know that you're physically attracted to us. We have no idea. And if we think you're not physically attracted to us, then okay, we can be friends. Why not? The conversation is flowing great. You can be my girlfriend, right? 
So physical touch is absolutely crucial, but yes, you absolutely have to pay attention, Alex, just like you mentioned, you have to pay attention to the body language because you don't know what kind of experience she has had before. So if she's closed off and her body is turned away from you, yes, she's not really connected to you. So I would not attempt any physical touch. However, if she's sitting next to you and she's using her hand gestures and she's her body language is open, then by all means combine the conversation with the physical touch. So she knows that you desire her and uh, that will reinforce her emotional connection and her physical connection with you. And I, I, I want to say, sorry, Joel, let me just, um, and I want to say with that, some ways, like if they are crossed and like closed body language, some ways to at least, uh, you know, initiate some of that physical touch and maybe have them open more. Let's say she's wearing like really nice rings or a really nice bracelet or something like that. You can say, can I see that? And be like, what? It's like, well, I really love that ring that you're wearing. And I just want to see it. And then you can you can hold her hand and like look at it. And it's like, wow, that's that's really cool. Like, when did you get that? And then you can start to initiate that connection. And then she's going to be thinking back to the time when she had bought it. And then it can come with a story. And then you can start getting that connection flowing. Absolutely. Yeah, it's all about creating that space where she can start trusting you because you truly don't know what kind of experience she has had. She could have been assaulted in the past. This is why it takes her a very long time to start trusting a man when it's special when it comes to physical touch. So if the woman is healthy and she hopefully has not had any traumatic experiences, then yes, by all means, she will be open. But if she's closed off, don't give up uh, if, she, if she seems interesting. But you may need to just to put more effort into truly helping her to trust you and uh, let the guard down. And guys, it'll give you confidence too. Like when a girl is open to your touch, you're just like, oh, wow, that's nice. She likes me. And then you'll start flowing a little better. You'll be a little more confident. So um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to play in your favor too. I really like that what you said, Arena, about sitting next to your date. Um, and, and actually, the first podcast Alex and I did, we talked about this. And I think there's pros and cons to being across and next to. I always go next to because, one, you can like your legs might start brushing up against each other, right? That's like a great way to have some like subtle touch without being overt about it. And then you kind of get, you know, establish that connection. You're, you're next to each other with the energy. But Alex, you, you were saying that you like to sit across. Can you kind of tell why? on your view on that, like why you think that's important too. Yeah. I like to, I like to sit across because um, I like to have the face to face. And so I think that the very strong eye contact um, can, I mean, it's more, it's more advanced to kind of like go that way, but the very strong eye contact, especially when you're saying certain things can really hit a lot better. And I think you can really pull out that, um, that emotion and everything else a lot more. Um, and even as I said, with like touching the hands and things like that, you can do that sitting across from each other as long as it's not some big, massive table. Um, so that's just personally how I like to do it. Um, but, you know, there's pros and cons to both. I think that sitting next to is uh, is a lot easier to do, whereas sitting across, it takes a lot more social calibration, uh, especially when it comes to that eye contact and the things being said. Um, but that's why I personally like it. I just kind of have evolved to that point and that's just my opinion. So, yeah, that's totally cool. I've learned that it is harder to sit across cause you have to be on your game. Um, you gotta have that strong eye contact. You can't be like, you know, darting around and stuff versus when you're sitting next to each other. But you know, I think play around with both, obviously 
experiment, which find which one you and like. And I, I do want to mention something here, guys. Just you know, obviously, this is not one size fits all. So it, there's we all have different personalities. We all have different approach to physical physicality of interaction and the intimacy and everything. So. Uh, that's why, you know, as coach, Alex, whether you do it or I do it, like there's, we can adjust to the intricacies of one specific person. However, when it comes to a little bit more generalized concept, for instance, even if you were to just go get ice cream and you walk around and then you see a bench, guess what? The bench is this long. So all you do is you still turn towards the person and you still get the icon because just like you said, Joe, I forgot which one of you said, I think you both said it. Eye contact is absolutely crucial. Eye contact is absolutely crucial. This is what also adds to the emotional conversation, the physical touch. Like well, you cannot truly connect to the person without making the icon. But there is there is a lot more flexibility when you are not separated by a table. The reason I am not big fan of having the table in between Alex is because you cannot see from this point on. You cannot see the rest of the body language and women. Actually, you can see a lot, but how their feet, how their legs are positioned and how they react to when you're talking. So it's just not a complete picture. Mm. What are some of those cues, Irina? Um, well, I'll give you some uh, some general idea. This is also like a fascinating aspect to, to teach somebody on the body language. Um, the universal one I think everybody knows is when we touch our hair, and especially if we uncover the side of the neck, that means we're truly connected to you, okay? So if we go and we put the hair on one side, uh, if we touch the neck, that means we're truly connected to you. Uh, when we are using our hands as we're talking, and if we're turning 10 to 10, turn our wrist and open palm towards you, that means we are comfortable. That means we're attracted and we're connecting to you. So if you see me talk and I turn my hands this way and to show off my wrist and my palms, that means that I'm comfortable and I'm feeling safe and I'm feeling uh, connection in there. Okay. So that's what, when it comes to the uh, upper language, uh, to upper body, um, body language, when it comes to the posture in general, you know, open or close body language, I think it's pretty noticeable easily. So if she's crossed arm, obviously she's not buying into something. So you may want to watch that and you want to see if you can actually get her to uncross. If she uncrosses, then you got something, you did something right. That that works. That's perfect. If she's sitting here, I'm going to move back so you can see. If she's sitting, for instance, and she's got her one leg across the other, but her knees and her feet are pointing away from you and you're over here, she's not connecting. She's hesitant. She's not sure. If she turns back, if she changes the position and she turns towards you with her knees and her feet pointing towards you, she's in. She's invested, okay? So this is when it comes to legs and to feet. If the girl is playing with some kind of object, if she has, like if she has, for instance, I don't have my ring here, like, but if she has the ring and she's playing with the ring on her finger, if she's caressing any kind of object or with her jewelry, she is physically sexually attracted to you. And there mm -hmm. is one more thing that I share that not a lot of guys know. We have this little spot here in our neck. So if, we're talk if you're talking to us and, we, and our finger goes there, or if our necklace is there and we're playing with the necklace, we're feeling pretty intimate. 
we're feeling that this is something's good is happening here. So we're starting to open up. So these are the things that, you know, if you pay attention to those things, you can read a lot uh, about the woman and you can adjust, uh, you can adjust accordingly. This also works, you know, when you're talking to somebody, just like trying to approach somebody in a social setting. Mm. Um, I like that. Those are all, uh, those are all things that, that I knew, but never really shared or put everything to words. So it's, it's great that you're able to do that because that, that is fire information, guys. <laughs> that is fire information to pay attention to. Yeah, yeah. And it's actually I, not, I that, it's not complicated. <laughs> I mean, it's just a few things that you need to remember and you do need to pay attention to it. Like you have to put an effort into it. Mm -hmm. I'll be on my next day. I'll be like, she touched your neck. Like, God damn it. <laughs> I, my understanding with the neck thing is uh, it's a little bit of anxiety because you like the other person. Um, and it, it, to me, it always kind of seemed like you like the other person. There's a sense of anxiety of whether they like you back as much as you are feeling towards them. Would it's you say that that's accurate? It's more of an excitement. I wouldn't call it anxiety. It's more of an excitement. It's, Usually it means that whatever you're talking, like if you see her do that and you're talking about something, uh, kind of pay attention to what you're talking about, because for whatever reason, when she's listening, that makes her feel intimate. Okay. That may, makes her feel like there's something intimate about that particular, uh, conversation or that particular topic that you guys are having. Mm. So yeah, there's a lot more to body language, of course, uh, to pay attention to, but uh, that's again can be a separate podcast uh, episode. But this is this is the knowledge. This is like this is what I tell guys. I'm like, you have no idea how much dating superpower you can have if you know this stuff. Because going in blind, nobody teaches us dating skills in high school or in in childhood. Our parents don't teach us dating skills, do they? So we just do trial and error and keep doing the same thing, the same thing, and it's not working. Then we get frustrated. Oh, it's all women's fault or it's all men's fault. No, you can absolutely acquire needed skills, know the techniques, know what to pay attention to, and you'll have your superpower to go in and date. Yeah, it truly is a superpower. Truly is a superpower. So let's do, um, let's do one last question, and then let's share where people can find you. So uh, last question, just on that, um, on the whole making the first date memorable. Um, is there any other like advice or tips that you have for, for guys on how they can actually make that memorable and get that second date? Yes, there is one more point that I have not yet touched on. So let's imagine the conversation had gone pretty well. Let's imagine that uh, you've done the physical contact needed. Uh, and uh, so essentially everything's going according to the plan, all is good. And the date uh, or non-date comes to an end. Uh, this is where we girls are looking for to see how sexually disciplined you are. I know this barking, apologies for that. Uh, how sexually disciplined you are. What that means is that we do wanna know that you are turned on by us, that you are desiring us, okay? That you are attracted to us. But we wanna know how patient you can be. So a big no-no, Whatever you do on the first get together, do not ask for sex and do not try to kiss her because this will, if the girl is healthy emotionally, I mean, if she has not gone through some traumatic experiences, if she's overall okay, this is what she will look for, uh, your sexual discipline. 
Uh, we're all want sex. There's nothing wrong with wanting sex. That doesn't make you bad guys for wanting sex. It's absolutely normal and natural. And we want to know that you want sex with us, but we want you to show a little effort into allowing us to connect to you deeper on emotional level before we can actually get intimate with you. So instead of trying to kiss her on the lips, uh, you give her a kiss on the cheek and you give her a tight hug and you thank her for her time. And at no, under no circumstances, you try to get back to her place or bring her to your place, okay? Unless you're interviewing somebody for friends with benefits, that's different. Then you're just up front. Yeah, let's get together to see what we're working with. But if you're looking for a relationship, allow some time. I also suggest if you're okay doing that, once again, to stand out of the crowd, take her hand and give her a kiss on the hand because this is something that she doesn't experience very often. This is something that's unique. So if you are okay doing that, uh, then I would do that because she's going to be like, whoa, that's that's different. You know, hmm. nobody usually does that. I, I disagree with that a little bit. Like I hear what you're saying for sure. Oh, I think it's nice. I think it's always a good idea to go for the kiss on the first date, right? Even if she turns you away, it's just showing that, yeah, you're willing to, to take that masculine step into making it man, woman. Now I totally get what you're saying though. Like maybe it is a good idea not to bring, try to bring him home right away. Like I think I could, I could get down with that for sure. But I think it's always a good idea to try to go for a kiss. How, how has been then your personal experience on this one? Uh, good. Like, I mean, some will, some will not, accept the kiss but some will and then the ones that do we we have a second date and and it goes well i i, I again i just think it's a great it's a great thing to do for a guy too to practice you know coming overcoming that anxiety the fear of rejection right just go for the kiss yeah i want to suggest to wait till the second time you get together just simply for the fact that again like if you're truly looking for a connection that will go long term and eventually turn into a partnership uh i, I would wait because she may want to kiss you back but she may also walk away thinking okay i know he wanted it but he actually made an effort not to to kind of tame down his urge and instead allow me the space and the time to connect. So again, this is like I said, you know, it's not one size fits all. However, when I do teach, this is easier. This is an easier suggestion and easier recommendation. Uh, you cannot go wrong with this one because with your situation, Joel, it can go either way. Right. You can actually lose. You can kill a connection if she goes, whoa, I don't do that on the first date. Right. So yeah. it can immediately cancel out whatever was good happening before. However, if there is a chemistry and physical and sexual chemistry, and it seems like she wants it and you want it, but you make her go home with just a kiss on a chick and a hug, she's going to be really looking forward to the next get together. Mm. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely two different, two different schools of thought and that, these are some of the things that I would really like to get back together and talk about at some point, because these are the intricacies that are, are very, very interesting to uh, to dive into. Because for me, like, what if she really does want to just jump your bones and then you deny her and then she thinks you're not interested anymore? You don't deny her. That depends how you do it. 
And the way you do it is you go, if it happens that the girl, hey, we get horny, of course we get horny. So if she happens to want to have that, if she's in the middle of her cycle and she's ovulating and you're good looking and you guys connect, she might think I'm like, screw the relationship. I just want to have sex. But if you want to connect to the person in the longer run, then you tell her, listen, I really want this, but I really truly want us to connect on a deeper level. This is the, like, this is magic words that any girl, when she hears from you, she's not really going to feel rejected. She's going to feel like, okay, let's get to the second date faster. See what's it all this about. Right? So it just, it yep. will create anticipation, but it will be a positive one. Okay. Because again, this is kind of a, uh, proof, um, bulletproof from a, like not, you cannot go wrong, uh, foolproof, but Joel, you're. Um, if you are really good at reading body language and like really directly communicating, it may work. Uh, it's just something that I would not, as a coach, I would not suggest to somebody to do it in being afraid that you don't know how the girl is going to react. So it's better to stay on the safe side. Oh, okay. I like that. You're right. You're right. Because it, it does take a more advanced level of understanding, um, of that body language and everything else for it to work. Um, and if yeah because you risk a lot more if you don't have that understanding so i'm right there with you on that and i can tell you guys from being a woman myself and coaching uh women as well from time to time one of the biggest complaints the girls do have is that he pushed for sex or he pushed for kiss on the first date and hmm. this is the you know this is the insight that i'm sharing with you so beware of that and mm -hmm. and even if I coached women is like, yeah, I was attracted to him up until the point when he actually tried to kiss me. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's it's well, calibration. It's understanding like when it actually makes sense. And when if it's uncalibrated, there's nothing that can kill a connection quicker than an uncalibrated push for something like that. Yes, exactly. Mm. One thing I was thinking about, too, is like where culture plays into role with this, because when I was in Poland, uh, there was a very pretty strict three date rule. And versus in America, I find that can be quite the opposite. So what are your thoughts? I mean, you're Ukrainian, so you have lived in that. In three dates before any kind of physical touch. Uh, physical uh, before touch. sex. Before sex. Three days before sex, even. Yeah. Oh, that's precise. <laughs> um, I don't have a number of dates, just like, uh, just like Alex men mentioned. You kind of have to truly be knowledgeable about how women function and you have to pay attention to how she's responding to you because there's a whole lot of things that we haven't even touched on like we all have different intimacy needs we all have a different adult attachment style some are avoidant some are anxious some are secure so all those things play a big role in how a woman responds to your physical advances one may be welcoming and the other may be oh no no he's pushy cannot do that and it just it will kill the connection completely so three days let's say they go absolutely great and you've talked and you've uh figured out that your core values align and it just flows and just great then yeah by all means go for sex after three dates okay but i don't have actually specific number of dates I suggest at least a couple of days you wait. Okay. And then you decide. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all adults. Um, but again, from the female perspective of you, uh, yes, we do want sex. Yes, we do want physical touch. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. So do you. Um, but 
you have to remember we're always evaluating you in a sense of is he going to be there for me or is he just going to get sex and then lose interest hmm. and this is the complaint that i hear very quickly yeah I, I like this idea like and this is kind of what i've been learning on this journey is when you talk to different people that are further along in the journey you you kind of get the idea that it is about calibration like you guys have been saying it's about being able to learn how to read the other person and i'll be yeah it's definitely like when you're first starting out i think it's important to have some guidelines to to follow so you just kind of you know have a direction you're not just kind of floundering but yeah when i when i was uh, hanging out with guys that were more experienced in dating than i was by a long shot they were definitely more like about energy like okay are, am i connecting with this person versus um am i following you know rule three at 7 55 p.m now it's time to execute and so yeah it's just it's opening my mind too i'm like you just got to get out there and you got to get reps so you can learn this skill absolutely yeah you have a blueprint and then you apply it it's we're human beings we're not robots it would be very easy if there was a formula one two three and then you just apply the steps no it would. you do have the knowledge but then you have to attune to every single woman differently. So, and this is like, this is what I teach when I coach. There's a certain thing is attunement to the woman's needs, wants, desires, and hopes. And it's absolutely, women are not that complicated. I just wrote a blog post on that. Women are actually not that complicated as the guys think. If you actually put just time and effort into understanding how we function and how we operate. Right. Great points. Great points. Well, let's let's go ahead and wrap this up here. This was absolutely fantastic conversation. Thank you so much, Irina. I would love to do something like this again. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, and put your information out here to your website. I did notice that. Um, yeah, there it is. So if you guys want to find her and connect with her, it's the best way to do so right down there. Um, I did notice that the group coaching uh, call link seem to be a little bit off. It looks like the registration's full. Do you still have opportunities? There's a wait list. You just put your name, yes, because uh, the last group was full, but the next one will start, I think it start, will start mid or end of October. So you just have to get on a wait list. That's it. Or just send me, uh, send me an email and uh, express the, um, the desire. And for those that come, tell them, so if you say that you are coming from Man of Now, I will discount the price so you can get a little bit of a discount on uh, getting into the group. And it's a small group. It's anywhere between three and 10 people. Uh, and um, you get a lot of insights from a female coach and you get a lot of information that will absolutely give you that dating superpower to go into the world and, and uh, make the connections and hopefully meet the one sooner or later. I love that. That's what's like so cool about... I know there's a lot of people, at least in the dating space, um, like men's dating coaches that like rag on women. But I think it's good to at least have the female perspective, because I think a lot of times it does get lost because they, they always make the argument. Well, how can she teach me how to uh, date uh, date women if she's never dated women? Well, <clears throat> how can I as a man tell you how a woman feels if I'm not a woman? It's, it's the same argument back and forth. And I, I think it's great. I, it's great what you're doing. I, I really love everything that I've seen. And I'm so happy to have had you on. Is there anything else you want to you wanna plug to the audience? Um, I mean, not really. I do hope that whoever needs a little assistance, um, it's, it's just, I want to do, I want to say that 
it's a skill that's absolutely attainable. Like you can find love, uh, you can absolutely tackle your limiting beliefs. That because for every guy who's sitting there thinking, oh, I did not get lucky, or I'm not tall enough, or I'm not, I don't have the six-figure income, or whatever else is limiting belief that you have. This is, I can help you deconstruct and dissolve those beliefs and get your mindset in the right place. And once you have that competence to go in and you have step-by-step -step how to deal with rejection, how to approach, how to start conversation, how, what questions to ask, how to do the body, how to read the body language with all that knowledge, you can be truly unstoppable and it will just be the matter of time so it's not going to be the matter of if it's simply going to be the matter of when you're going to meet your right person and what right now it's september if you get hold of me if you get in contact with me soon enough you might be by christmas you might be introducing your plus one and the work party or maybe even bring her around for a family gathering so they can finally stop asking you why you're single <laughs> but take charge it's admirable and honorable when a guy actually learns skills okay mm -hmm. and nobody's born with dating skills everybody can have some improvement it's very rarely when there's a person just naturally equipped to do that most of us have actually to learn this i'm sure you guys can uh, attest to that i had to learn and it's it's admirable when well, somebody takes the lead and the charge in actually bettering themselves to become a better version of themselves so they can meet somebody and create a great life together yeah, absolutely beautifully put yeah tommy you're not you're not a loser anymore everyone's gonna applaud you so learn the skills for sure that's a great message so um, joel go ahead yeah go ahead and plug yeah. your stuff we'll plug my stuff and we'll wrap it up awesome so yeah guys sobriety university come on over i help men and women quit addiction to just about anything really people drugs alcohol sugar whatever your vice is. Um, I've probably been through it and I know how to get through it. And it's just like Irina said, it's simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. And if you can learn those skills to, to get yourself in the right mindset, really start to see the big vision for your life and then be honest as to where, okay, is this substance that I'm using or behavior contributing to that goal and vision? And I think once what I found with coaching is that once people start to realize like, okay, I got more to my life to live than just picking up a bong every day then they start to have results. So it's really kind of figuring that out for yourself. And uh, speaking of, we got um, the balloons guy. <laughs> Great game. I used to play that all the time instead of studying. And uh, second day off weed. So congratulations, man. That's absolutely fantastic. It's uh, your new life is beginning. And we have uh, is uh, Gata 15 here. So great job to you as well. Um, the first two weeks to a month is probably the hardest. And then you get you get some relief and you get to start to kind of start to live your new life. So um, fantastic guys. Congratulations. Thanks for everyone for tuning in. Um, and then once again, uh, Hudson and I will be doing some codependency content. So come on over to the channel and, and be tuned in because we're going to be diving into some of that deep emotional relationship stuff that holds people back. So uh, Hudson, on to you, my friend. Absolutely. So as always, you can follow me down below Instagram at the Hudsman. If you want to reach out for dating coaching, or if you even just have simple questions that maybe I could help with, I'm more than happy to do so. Um, as for the Men of Now channel, we'll be uh, we'll be back doing this uh, doing this stuff again next week. I feel like there was something else I was going to mention, and now I'm forgetting it. I know we've got Sobriety University, like the actual like membership coming up, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's something to keep your eyes open for, guys. 
And um, oh, if if you guys enjoy this type of like different style of content, bringing on different people like this, definitely let us know down below because that that helps us. We're we're only here to bring the information to you. We want to help you. So if you resonate with certain things, definitely let us know. And if you have any show topics or maybe people you would like for us to bring on, definitely let us know. And just as always, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, spread this message to you know whoever you can, any of your friends, anybody that you think could maybe benefit from it. And uh, yeah, just thank you again. We are nothing without you. So really appreciate it. And thank you again, Irina. This was a fantastic show. It's been a pleasure, guys. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really great. Thank you. Absolutely. Welcome. All right. Till next time, guys. Peace out. Peace.